Mm. I enjoyed my time with piano. That was my best friend. It actually gives me this uh, true happiness. It's my whole self. Well, it's like a philosophy for life. You only go up and you only go forward. I just love this, you know, this human longing for love. The idea of this love which exists and you can sacrifice anything for that love. It's so romantic. I'm Alina Reddy and welcome to Foreign Influence. We are in Mandeville Hall, Loretta College in Turek, and we have a very special guest with us today, an opera singer, Radha Tochalna. Radha, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show. Hi everyone, Alina, um, thank you for inviting me to a lovely interview with you. Where were you born and what do you remember most about your childhood? I was born in Sevastopol. It's a city on the Black Sea in Crimea. It's really, really lovely warm. I guess same as in Melbourne during the summertime. It's a little more steady than in Melbourne. So if you have nice warm days, it will last for a while. You're not going to have so no up and down. four times yeah. a day, different uh, kind of weather. That's right. My father was a submarine officer. We did travel a lot. 
we spent uh, lots of time, most of summer, with my grandparents. I, I remember a lot my grandparents' house and my grandparents' garden. Uh, I loved to go there and pick some cherries just off the tree. I could eat it up to the stomach ache, so really <laughs> as much as I could fit in. The fresh peaches, strawberries, uh, raspberries. We had some animals, we had chooks, we had uh, cats, dogs. Uh, you could see on the street passing goats and the, uh, cows from neighbors. We used to do some wine. I remember grapes. Oh, so you grapes. were winemakers as well. I guess it was really little. I can't tell that it's been like for a production, just for home use. How did you develop your love for music? Um, was it at an earlier age or later on when you matured a little bit as a teenager? That came from the very little age. Uh, my mom, she, she used to play piano and sing at the same time. It's been like quite often we had guests over. They would have some nice meal and a couple of glasses of nice vino and uh, they would go and sing all those popular tunes from movies, from uh, the radio. Yeah, I used to probably sing with her a little as that much as I could. It was very entertaining. Yeah, it was very entertaining for all of our neighbors. Uh, <laughs> the whole street would listen my really loud mom's voice. <laughs> because summertime you probably will imagine everything is open, the windows. Yeah. My grandma, she nurtured my piano practice from the childhood. She used to bribe me with different sweets or presents. She, she always promised me to bring something back from work, some sort of incentive. If I yeah. practice well, pianos, I would practice anyway, you know, I would I'd still go there and I'll spend hours with the piano. Even as a child, you're really wanting to dedicate so much of your time to music. I just did it. I can't say that I was dedicated, but I just really enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed my time with piano. That was my best friend. Even though we had games uh, on the yard with other kids and uh, used to have those social parties as well. But I would still spend a lot of time with instrument uh, just because I loved it. I loved to dis discover new tunes because at, at some point you already know how to read music so I just take we had lots of books and various sheet music uh, and I really loved to go to the huge 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 uh, book uh, shelf and um, I would pick various things out of there and start to study so that really was something special for me.
experience like completing your master's degree in Switzerland? Because it wasn't very usual for people to go and study abroad. Swiss was really divine time for me. Um, I think I had a ball. First of all, I did have scholarships to cover all my study and uh, living costs. So I could focus on music and I could do really only music. I didn't, I didn't need to worry about my food for next day or where to sleep. So that was really great. I really loved that Masters gave us opportunity to actually staged full operas in the big theatres in Switzerland, so various cities, so we did quite a few productions during the Masters. There was a lot of work experience was given to you, basically. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. In Europe, it's everything very close. I could uh, participate in various competitions. I did quite a few. The one which I actually got a little bit of something there, it was Montserrat Caballé competition. I got to, in Zaragoza, I got to semi-finals. So oh, out of well 180 done. people, I came wow. down to about 30, I think. So that was really something that I thought nice to be something out of <laughs> almost Such 200 people. Such a great recognition. <laughs> Master classes, I could travel, you will jump on the plane a couple of hours and you are in a different country. For example, with um, Mirella Freni, uh, soprano Mirella Freni, I was at her master class, wow. a participant. With some very famous, very world-renowned world musicians. Figure. Yeah. And I remember from that master class, she said to most of people only two words about the vocal technique. It was up and avanti. Up is uh, English and avanti means forward. So pretty much she summed the whole process of the voice production in two words. I found that was fascinating and uh, quite funny. Too. Well, it's like a philosophy for life. You only go up and you only go forward. <laughs> yeah. That's the only yeah, yeah. ways to move forward. How did you arrive in Australia? I arrived in 2013. Now it seems like ages ago. I did two years with the Opera Studio Melbourne uh, under Linda Thompson. So that was like another training program, but they were really specifically focused on this work experience. So they were trying to push to do the operas. They did opera at Her Majesty Theatre, at Athenaeum Theatres. We did uh, numerous soirees, concerts, uh, ensembles, studied lots of music, ensembles, operas, duets, trios. Rada, you have lived in three countries, in Ukraine where you got your education, then Switzerland where you got your master's degree, and now in Australia. What would you say, from your point of view, are the main differences? I will speak as a musician from that perspective. I love Ukraine, it's a beautiful country. I really enjoyed people there, they're uh, very warm-hearted, big souls. Uh, I guess back in the conservatorium, uh, our teacher, he was like a father to us. He would give you a class every day, literally every day. You would listen to other students as well. He would care about uh, all of his students, not only in the class, but also about their life, that they are well and they have where to sleep and to eat, even such things. So, so he was a real mentor to all It of was you. a really mentor. Switzerland, that was like a pinnacle of my life, I guess, in terms of 
variety of things. Uh, it's a center of everything. It's, it has a very long old culture. You could travel a couple of hours and you're already with uh, different language. You see uh, different currency, use different currency. You speak to uh, different people. Yeah, lots of experience, various experience. Uh, you could see world-class performers there, listen to amazing, unique voices. It's a center, I guess it's a center cultural in terms of center. cultural center, mm -hmm. yeah. And Australia, what were your impressions like arriving in Australia? I loved Australia too. For me, Australia is a very multicultural country. I love it, it's my home now. I'm very grateful that I can raise my child here in Australia. How old is she? She's about eight months. Eight and a half. Mm -hmm. It's almost nine now. <laughs> She's They're growing, growing up. so fast. <laughs> Why did you choose opera as your genre? I can't say that I have chosen the opera on purpose. It just happened with time. I started back home as a pop singer. I did the folk singing. Then I did end up at local musical theater as a singer, as a soloist. People just said that you have to continue studies and develop more. Um, and I got the recommendation letter from the city that I should go study. With that letter, I got the place at uh, Lviv. After the education, I started to work again at the musical theater. But I still felt that I'm missing things and uh, that I want to continue study. That's how I ended up in uh, Zurich uh, for the master's because I felt that I need more. And that was, again, the opera, uniquely opera for me. How do you prepare for a performance? What is involved? How often do you have to practice? Every day. <laughs> I, I try to practice every day. With little one, it's not always like this, but I do try my best to do that every day. Look, uh, it depends on what kind of production you are preparing. If you do a big, staged opera. There are months of work involved. Ideally, by my age, you probably would know the text. You probably would know the text of quite a few operas. <laughs> I imagine they're really big and heavy. <laughs> so, yes, so, yes. Uh, you don't get it like a teleprompter that you can no, read. No, nothing like that. <laughs> well, you do have a little guy in that uh, down little there booth, the stage, yeah. but, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's common anymore. You have to know the score. You have to know the libretto. You need to know the text. You have to research the background of the opera and know what is it about. The translation It's hours of work. Ideally, you should speak a few languages. I do speak a little bit of everything, but I can't say that I am fluent in Italian, French, Spanish, a little, yeah. Lucky Russian is my mother tongue. <laughs> That's safe sometime. It's hours of work, of preparation. You need to do, to learn the rhythm, melody. Then when you come to production, then when you're already off the book, then you will hear the you start rehearsals with the director. They will give you the script, how you should move, what you should do. Um, because it's team. not just singing, it's acting and your presence on the stage. Oh, mm. I'm exhausted just listening. Hours yeah, and the costumes. Yes, but that comes already later on, mm. I guess, the fittings. You just need to make sure that it's 
it's all uh, nice and comfortable because sometimes you could get something really uncomfortable. I got once the shoes. I actually ripped it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's vision, you need to make it uh, real. What do you enjoy the most about performing? I guess I've been performing since about five years old and uh, now it's 30 plus more years. You can guess my age. Spring <laughs> <laughs> It just um, helps me to develop my personality. It helps me to develop my communication skills. So uh, character building. Yeah, uh, it, my social skills. It actually gives me this uh, true happiness, adrenaline, I love that feeling too. Feeling confident in some ways, it's my whole self. And what is your favorite opera and why? I'd go for Verdi, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, passionate music. And probably one of his operas would be the one, the Violetta, the La Traviata. I love that character, I love that music, it's what, so What passionate. makes you like that character? Do you identify in some ways with that character? Um, hard to say. I just love this, you know, this human longing for love. The idea of uh, this love which exists and you can sacrifice anything for that love. It's so romantic. It's probably just coming from my childhood, being that romantic and uh, believing in that true love feeling. She did give up a lot for her, for her love. I find that's fascinating. Yeah, love that story. And the music, of course. So much passion and the melody. And uh, it's so... Um, you can understand that music. It's very human, human-like. I've read some of your interviews and watched some of your interviews. And I really like how you describe that operas are not just something which is classical and that it happened so long ago but also you feel like it's very contemporary as well, especially those love stories. Yes, and that's, you can interpret the story in many ways, really. To make it contemporary, it's our task, like to look at the story and find things which, are, which correlates with our real life. I do love contemporary productions, so when it's not only staged in the era which was written, which that piece was written in, but it's when it's really more with our real life, it correlates with the, our real life, with the modern time. Because it's still about the feelings and emotions, everything resonates with us, how we are. That's I find the most exciting in opera, that it's actually really modern. There is a common belief that an opera singer can break a glass with the voice. Wow. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> and have you tried to do it? Oh, I guess it's a bad singing if you can <laughs> break the glass with the voice. No, probably if you do some 
circles trick, then you can... Okay, so we'll leave the breaking of the glass up for the magicians. Magicians, yes, thank you. <laughs> Radha, to this day, what is your favorite performance and why? I do have quite a few favorites. <laughs> I'd probably go for the one when we performed for, I think it's about 3,700 people. A palace of Ukraine. Wow. Could fit about 3,700, yeah. Unbelievable. Huge. Huge, yeah. That was a concert for the president of Ukraine from uh, our city, Sevastopol. And it was like a um, big collaboration between best uh, music, dance groups, actors. So it's all of us had to travel from Sevastopol to Kiev. And uh, it was actually really fun because uh, they made a special train for us. It's been like six to eight wagons and the train. Incredible. Yeah, the incredible. Six to eight carriages. Carriers, yeah. Carriages, full of musicians, dancers, actors, MCs, uh, <laughs> all sorts of that. Obviously, all the production team and the technician, everyone. That must have been so much fun and exciting. That train didn't sleep, like, <laughs> really, it just didn't. And the concert was really impressive. You should see like hundreds of people doing one thing. So it's, it's been beautiful. I love that. I did sing the, uh, the waltz about Sevastopol, a really famous tune. We had stage full of dancers. Uh, it was a three tenors and myself doing that one. So beautiful production. So you felt united as one. I love it. I, I love to be part of a group of people, not only just a soloist, but being just part of something which is bigger. Yeah. What is next for you? We do plan festival and concerts for Ukraine. So we bring up some Ukrainian music to Melbourne with uh, Ken Jamieson and uh, uh, conductor Julia Cheshko, so that would be in end of August, September. And um, I'm trying to do uh, Suarez as well, so the one on the, I think the next is 3rd of September, we're gonna do a little Suarez with Irina. Irina played for me earlier, so. She yeah. was fantastic. She did uh, that arrangement, one of my tunes today, she did herself, so she, I just sent her a link to a song I want to do, and she just took it and arranged herself. So talented. Mm. Love it, yeah, I'm very grateful. Well, we're looking forward to attending your performances and keep watching you shine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alina. Thank you for inviting. Thank you, listeners. Uh, I really enjoyed sharing some my personal experience I guess some of my life with you thank you okay.